0: Good morning, everyone. If I've not met you, my name is Dan Canusta. I'm the youth pastor here at the church. Um, I know most of you in the room, I see a few few new faces. So welcome to church. Glad you joined the family this morning. Ladies, happy Mother's Day. So excited to have you guys in the room. I always like to see all the new faces on Mother's Day because everybody comes with mom to church, which we should do a lot more Sundays than just this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. (laughs) Um, If you've not met me, I'm not supposed to be here this morning. I got a text from our pastor about 10 after 7, and said, "I'm down, you're up." <laughs> He's been dealing with vertigo again this morning. Pastor Dan has, so if you got a prayer list, pray for him if you would. I would appreciate that a bunch. And if you have a prayer list, put me on it, cause we'll see how this morning goes. Cause it's Mother's Day, and it was like, okay, well, but God's faithful. Cause here's what I do know, and I often say this: She didn't show up to hear from me, or Pastor Dan, right? Showed up to hear from God. Amen. Especially on this morning when we talk about Mother's Day, which we'll get into it a little bit as far as just kind of breaking down the idea of being a parent, but also being a child this morning as well. So glad to be here. Glad God's given me the opportunity to share some of the things that He's laid on my heart. My wife and I just drove back from Kalispell, Montana yesterday, actually. Got to spend a couple days with my, my, my youngest son, his wife, and our granddaughter, Lydia, who just turned four years old. And I will tell you that parenting is tough. It really is. It's a full time job, which I'll talk about in a second. But being a grandparent's even worse in a way. It's even worse in a way because we don't get to be the boss anymore. We, you sit there and you watch your kids raise your kids or your grandkids, and you're like, really? <laughs> Anybody longer in a tooth in this room besides me? This, yeah, it's like, amen. You're like, we didn't teach you that. Where did you get that at? But it was a joy. We got to see. Lydia, who's just a, a, just a beautiful young lady, got it's like I tell my son all the time, said the weather changes pretty quickly with that one. We can be in a really good mood, or it can change, and it can be the other mood, if you will. So, but being a grandparent, we've been so blessed to have four grandchildren now, and uh, two of them just turned four years old here in the last couple of months, so we're excited to have that opportunity to be grandparents. But it's tough. It's hard. Because what I want to talk about with you guys this morning is this idea, we have full-time jobs in our life, Yes? go to work every day, don't we? But that's not our full-time job, you guys. Our full-time job is being parents of our children. If we've been blessed and God's given us children at this point, that's our full-time job. But our full-time job is also being a child. Because if, if you're in this room, you've had or have a mom and dad, yes? that's a, Listen, you guys, being a kid is a full-time job as well. So I want to try to do my best this morning in the last hour, what God's kind of laid on my heart to share with you guys out of scripture is I want everybody in the room to be able to listen to this this morning because the underlying current of what I'm going to share with you this morning is God being a parent, being a child, being a grandparent, whatever that, whatever role you're in, in your life right now, the underlying current of this whole thing is obeying God and honoring God. Because if we're not honoring and obeying God, I promise you, I know I'm not right. Well, I would tell my wife, my wife I'm right all the time. So hopefully she's not watching this this morning. But um, I'm not confident. I'm not as confident in some of the statements I make as I am in this. As a parent and as a child, where you are with God is a direct reflection on how you will play out those roles in your life. I believe that with all my heart. So this morning, no matter what role you're in, no matter what age we are in in this room, we still have this issue of obeying God and doing what God wants us to do and honoring God through how we behave as children, parents, grandparents, or whatever else that looks like. Does that make sense to you guys? So you probably know the scripture I'm going to head to. It's going to be found in Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going to be looking at this morning. This is one of Paul's prison epistles. I really believe, and and I'm not going to get into a lot of the political landscape of today, but we know around our country this morning, there are churches probably under attack right now of people protesting certain things about life and, and rights and all these different things that are going into churches around America right now Tossing a fit. This is a very, very, very important topic we need to talk about. And I think on Mother's Day, it's a good, it's a good place to kind of begin because moms play that role within the home usually more consistently than the dads do, which we'll kind of break down as well. But Paul must have seen this as being very, very important because this is one of Paul's prison epistles. Now think about Paul for a second. He's under house arrest and he's writing to the Ephesian church and this is scattered all throughout scripture, but this scripture is written to the Ephesian church while he's in prison, telling them how they need to behave as Christians. Would we all agree in this room that as Christians we should behave differently than the world? Yeah, that's really what this is about, you guys. It's just about learning what it looks like to parent, be a kid, to walk through life differently than the world. And Paul is telling the Ephesian church while he's in prison here's what it looks like, folks. Here's what I want you to do. And I was looking through my notes this morning and reading through the scripture and it struck me. Ephesians chapter 6, many of you know this. The beginning is what we'll look at this morning. Children, obey your parents. Parents do not exasperate your kids, which we'll talk about, right? But right after that, what is it? He talks about the full armor of God. Man, I think Paul is not The Holy Spirit of God inspired Paul to write this in a way that if you don't get anything else out of this, get this. Paul talks about the family, and then he talks about spiritual warfare immediately after that. So don't you think for a second, when you guys are having it out at home and you're fighting amongst the kids, the husband and wife, the moms and dads, that they are not your enemy. Do you get that? Your family is not your enemy. But man, don't we treat them that way sometimes? They, we treat each other as adversaries, and we're not. It's the crazy, and, and I'm man, I wish I had a mirror. I'd stand here and talk to me this morning, because every single one of us at certain times in our lives battle with this. But Paul makes it very clear at the end of chapter 6, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the powers the principalities of the dark realm. So when you get to battling back and forth in your home, stop. Stop it. We have people come into our office all the time as pastors, and I will have a husband and wife especially, or even kids and moms and dads look at each other and say, that is not your enemy. That person sitting across the seat from you in the other seat is not your enemy. They may act like it, and it may seem like it. But Paul makes it very clear that they are not. So if you don't get anything else out of this this morning other than this, when you go home, please remember your husbands and wives, look at me, you are not each other's enemy. Children, your mom and dad don't hate you. They don't, they're not your enemy. The devil is our enemy and the devil is doing his dead level best since the days of the Garden of Eden to today and will continue to do it to destroy the family structure. He created them male and female. He made them this way to procreate and have children. The structure of the family has been under attack for decades, has it not? We're to fight, right? But the fight is not with each other, you guys. Man, I hope we get that this morning, that we really realize that to be true. Because what I want to do this morning is I'm going to look into Ephesians chapter 6, Verses 1 through 4, and then I'm going to give you three points. We may get done early and we may not. I don't know how this is going to go this morning, so here we go, right? So be praying for some clarity in my own brain. Because not only am I at, in, in the game at the last minute, I'm loaded up on allergy medicine this morning. So <laughs> who knows how this is going to go. <laughs> All right, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor you, pause right in whose eyes yes see the underlying current it's not just right it's right at the foundation of christianity honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with the promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth and fathers do not exasperate your children instead bring them up in the training of, and, and up in the training and the instruction of the lord why don't we exasperate our children because it doesn't honor god Think about your life as parents this morning. Moms, I know this, it's Mother's Day, and I want this to honor you ladies in the room. I don't want to lose sight of the fact of what we're celebrating today. But we are celebrating the foundation of the family when we do that. Because God's orchestrated this. God developed this whole idea as a family. So when we look at this, kind of this morning, we're going to look at a biblical plan, um, biblically how we're told to be parents, but also how we're told to be children. That's really what I want to look at this morning. And some of this men, if you... I would encourage you also, please, if you've got time this weekend, Friday night and Saturday morning, you won't be disappointed. You will not be sorry that you came. I'm gonna touch on a little bit about, I'll be sharing toward the end of the message this morning on just what it looks like for biblical manhood as well. Because I believe as important as the mother is in the home, one's one's not more important than the other. They're different roles. But as the dad goes, the family goes. And when the dad bails on mom, she's in a tough spot. Because again, God's balance, it's out of balance according to what God has put into the structure of things. First thing I want to look at this morning, the first point is this, parents are to be heard. Verse 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. For this is right. Children are supposed to obey their parents to do the right thing for the right reason. Kids, look at me. Every one of you look at me. I love you guys with all my heart. I have such a heart for young people, and I think it's because of the way I grew up. Because my childhood was very, very hard. And I know what it's like to live in a a very toxic home. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But your mom and dad love you. Do you realize that you are the most precious gift that God has given your mom and dad? Now, that doesn't mean that they're perfect. And I will promise you they will never do it right all the time. Because they're human. But they love you. So you want to honor God in your life? The best thing you can do? is don't mirror your mom and dad. Don't, don't respond the way they act all the time. Because sometimes we get short. Sometimes we're busy. We got jobs. We got life. We got health issues. We got financial issues. It's hard to be a parent. It's the toughest thing we'll ever do if we do it right, is to be a mom or dad. So you guys look at me. All you young people in the room look at me. They're not going to get it right. 90% of the time, to be honest with you, we're going to get it wrong. We really are. But give us a break. This is, hard. this is a hard job God's called us to. And you're, you're, a, you're a roller coaster at best. One minute you're like this, the next minute you're like this. One minute you're like this, the next minute you're like this. But here's what I would tell you to do, young people. Here's the question you have to ask yourself that I'll ask the parents later on. Do you love God? Do you love Jesus? Because see, if you love Jesus, you should honor him in the way you behave towards your parents. That's doing the right thing for the right reason. So if you love Jesus, put up with your mom and dad. That's what I would tell you. Because you're going to have to at times. You're going to have to tolerate mom and dad. Because here's the deal. I don't want you to learn to be disobedient. See, as kids, what you're learning to do. Man, I wish I could just gather you all up here and just sit and talk to you for a second. Because I really believe this, you guys. If you're being disobedient to your mom and dad all the time. You're not being disobedient to your mom and dad. You know who you're being disobedient to? God. God. This has nothing to do with your mom and dad, you guys. When you're, when you're young and you have parents, whether you're a little bitty kid or a teenager in this room, you've got to honor mom and dad because it honors God. Even if mom and dad are driving you up a tree, it doesn't make any difference. Honor God because if you love Jesus and you're disobedient to him, ultimately you're being disobedient to God. Now, older children, look at me. I don't care if you're in your late teens, early 20s, or 30s, or 40s. It's the same thing for us, is it not? Because if we still got mom and dads around this place, if we still got our mom and dads on earth, we're supposed to still honor and obey our parents. Maybe not the obedience part of it as much, but honoring them as well. But I want you guys to understand, if you're young in this room as a child, and you're being disobedient to God, I want you to hear this. And some of you that are a little shorter might have trouble understanding this. But if you're a little bit taller, picking attention to this, because this is very critical. Because it says disobedience to parents is rebellion against God. That's my point. Disobedience to parents is rebellion against God. Here's how I know that. And I'm going to use a chapter that is going to seem very odd, but Paul stuffs this in here. I didn't. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32 says this. this is, let, me, let, me, let me give you a little context. This is the scripture, the chapter that we use to show the darkness of this world. The, the sexual immorality, all the different things. It says they knew the things of God, but they didn't think it was important to hang on to them. It'd be like coming in here this morning and you know what God's truth is, but you don't feel like it's important enough to go outside these doors and live it. This is the people Paul's talking about. He writes this in Romans chapter 1, verse 28 through 32. Furthermore, now think about where you're at as a child and how you're treating your parents. Just as they did not, the people he's talking about, did not think it worthy to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to their depraved minds, so that they would do what they ought not to, be, not ought to do. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent arrogant and boastful I'm talking about children right watch they're arrogant and boastful they invent ways of doing evil and they disobey their parents it has always struck me how the Holy Spirit of God had Paul stuff that into that list because I really believe you guys the disobeying your parents begins you on start you on a path that is going to lead you to a lot of what this list is talking about. But it's ultimately going to lead you to blowing God off and not paying any attention to the Lord. Because you've created a pattern in in your life of being disobedient to God, this is the direction you're heading. You may not get to this point in your life, and God may rescue you from it. You may repent and turn from it. But this is the direction that Paul is talking about, that kids get themselves into because they disobey their parents. And if you disobey your parents, it goes on to say this. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, and no mercy. Think about how you treat your moms and dads, all of us in the room. If we live a life of disobedience to God, I really believe we get to a point where we lay the truth aside and we don't pay any attention to it any longer, and then we end up here. We have no love and no mercy. That's where the battles come from. That's where the rage in the home starts from. Is because we've lost God and we've lost the ability to have that love that God has given us and that mercy that we don't deserve that God gives me as a Christian. How dare I not pass that along to my family? Husbands and wives, same thing. You understand how important this is, you guys? So if you're short in this room, I want you to understand, please, please, please be, be obedient to your parents. To obey your parents does not mean that you disobey God. There were things that I experienced in my childhood that God would not have had me obey my parents on, not my mom, but my dad. There were things my dad would have me do that was against the morality of God, the things of God, because we didn't know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I, I obeyed my dad because I didn't know what else to do. I was afraid, number one, but then if you're in this room, though, and you're having someone try to tell you to disobey God to obey me, that's wrong. That's when you need to, like David or like Daniel did, be respectful and say, "No, I'm not doing that." But see, kids, you got to know God's word. You got to know God to know the difference, right? So you got to make sure along the way, you guys, that you're doing this. But what about what about parents who grow up? What about kids who grow up in a toxic home? Because when both parents love God and both kids love God, there's no toxicity in the home. There's arguing. There's not getting along. But there's not that rage. But what about homes that are toxic, Dan? What do you do then? There are children in our town that are in toxic homes. If you're a teacher in this room, God bless you because you know exactly what I'm talking about. When we went through COVID, your hearts broke for one reason and one reason alone because you know those kids were home. Right? You knew they were home. You knew the situation that they were in. You knew that God needed they needed to get out of the home to come to school just to get a breath of fresh air. So if it's a toxic home that you're in, what are you supposed to do? I believe you find the answer in, where, in in the book of Matthew, you see it, Matthew 5, 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Pray that God would change the hearts of your folks in your home. Because if, they don't, if God doesn't change the hearts of parents that are creating a toxic environment in a home, it's never going to change. Behavior-based modification is a very good thing to do, but it can't go before a change of a heart because behavior-based modification will only work for so long. We all know that, don't we? When I was a kid, I'd be as good as I wanted to be when I wanted to be, and if I didn't, I wasn't because it was all about me because it was behavior-based modification. I could be one way in front of one group of people and one way in front of another. You need to pray for your parents, I don't care what the situation is if you're if your home is toxic pray that God would get a hold of your mom and dad's heart and it would change if we've got parents that we know we have parents in this room that don't know God right there's a lot of us in here in those situations brothers and sisters and parents pray that God would change their heart because that's the only way anything's going to be different you know how we know that because we're different aren't we we were once blind but now we can see right so when you look at these things what if it's toxic pray for you folks that God would change their hearts because Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully treat you spitefully and are mean to you. Pray for them. It's hard, isn't it? Because when we go home and we're in a situation, you're like, yeah, whatever, Dan. Don't lay aside the truth of God for how you feel. You parent not based on how you feel. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that we don't, right? Do we parent based on God's word and his foundation? So we got to make sure that we're doing that. But if you're, if you're in a situation again and, and you're being told to do something um, to disobey God, don't do it. Teachers are the same way at school. You don't do that. <laughs> Here's another one. Boyfriends and girlfriends. Okay, watch, teenagers. If you have a boyfriend, ladies, who is trying to get you to do something you shouldn't do that God doesn't want you to do, you run. You run. You run as far away and as fast as you can. And unless his heart changes, don't you ever go back. You hear me? I've done youth ministry for a long time, and I get infuriated when I watch young people. All of a sudden, I love the Lord Johnny with all my heart, and God's gone. They've grown up, and all of a sudden, this person comes into their life, and they become all infatuated, and the next thing you know, this person says, if you love me, you all know the story, right? Don't do that. And gentlemen, look at me. (laughs) Here's my example, and I've told high school students this for 20 years. What happened when when Adam chose the girl over God? Just saying, things kind of went south, didn't they? Gentlemen, don't you ever choose the girl over God. I would never choose my wife over God. And I love my wife with all my heart. But I would never choose her over God. Because we see what the results are if we do that. Amen? Yes? So children, our parents are to be heard. Parents are also to be honored. Um, this was a tough one for me when I was a kid, to be honest with you. I don't know what I would have done with this if I have heard a pastor teach this from stage, and I was sitting in the room. I probably would have gotten left because I thought there's no way I'm honoring my dad. No way. I'm not going to do it. You can't make me do it, but here's what God says. If you're in this room, and I was not a Christian, I did not know the things of God, so I got, a, I got a little bit of an excuse, but not a big one. But the Bible says to honor our parents means much more than to simply obey them. To obey means to do what you're told when you're told to do it, to honor means to, to respect and to, and to love. How do I love a parent whom I don't like? I give them the love of God. Because I've received it, I give it away. How dare I receive grace from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that I'm not willing to give to someone else who does not deserve it. You can't wait to honor your mom and dad when they deserve it. The Bible never says that. The Bible says honor your parents, respect them, and love them when they are unrespectful and unlovable. Now watch this. You ready? Children, look at me. Young people, look at me because we're talking about kids here for just a second. But adults, get this, please. It says we're supposed to, as husbands, wives are supposed to respect their husbands, right? Not when they're respectable, but they're told in Ephesians to respect the husband, yes? And and husbands are supposed supposed to do what? love our wives not when they're lovable see if we learn these principles when we're little when we get older it's a lot easier to live these principles out you guys because if, if i don't honor love and respect my parents and obey them when i'm a kid guess what i'm not going to do when i'm married you know why because i don't know how we're creatures of habit aren't we you guys got up this sunday morning and did the same thing you did last sunday morning for the most part before you came to church We're creatures of habits. We need to create these habits on how to do these things while we're young so that we can carry these things on into our lives. If you want to be respected by your parents, teenagers, and young adults, if you want to be respected by your parents, guess what? Be respectful. If you want to be respected by your teachers at school, be respectful. Right? It's cyclical. What I give, I get back. What my attitude is, I receive more for the most part, right? So we've got to make sure that we're living these things out. How do I show respect to my parents and honor and love them? Because as we get older and we get out from underneath their care at the home, the obeying part kind of quiets down, doesn't it? Then we go into the honor and respected part of it. Then we honor them and we respect them because this is something that we'll talk about in a second where there's a blessing hook to this. But how I do that is to care for them, to pray for them, to care for them, to be there for them, to answer the phone when they call, to take time to have a conversation with them. My mom is a, is a widow, so she's home by herself. When my mom calls me on the phone, part of my honor and respecting my mom, who I love with all my heart, who has done things for me in my life that I would have never done for me to be honest with you, she's given everything. She sacrificed everything for my brother and I. But when she calls me the way, and I call her the way, I'm respectful and honor hers. I give her time. We don't have a lot of time, do we? We're busy, right? But I give her time, I listen, I talk to her, I make sure if she needs financial help, I'm there for her. That doesn't mean that she just gets to call and say, Dan, I need money. That means that relationship is healthy. Why? But why do I do it? Because I'm honoring God. We should honor our parents because um, that's what God told us to do in Exodus 20, chapter or Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. You guys know this scripture, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long life, a long full life in the land that the Lord, your God will give you. That long, full life is not numbers of days. That long, full life has more to do with the way you're living your life. That long, full life has to be with, if I'm obedient to my parents or to God, I'll be obedient to my parents. That's what he's talking about. When he says long, full life, that doesn't mean I'm going to live to be 120 years old. But the the years I live out here, I will live out here honoring God and honoring my mom, who's still alive, as, as I go through life. And then that echoes down to my kids my kids are honoring rachel and i as we get older and as we live our lives they start to watch out for us in a different way don't they they don't start to look at us like they used to be because we got more gray hair and we got more needs of our own we have health issues we can't do what we used to do so our kids tr- start to take care of us differently don't they they start to watch out for us differently and we don't like that as older people do we because we lo- we think it's a form of losing respect No, it's not. See, listen, if we're a little bit older than this room and we got gray hair and all of a sudden you see your children, your adult children start to come alongside you and they want to take care of you differently, honor God and let them. Don't be stubborn. Don't be a mean old grouchy old coot. Don't do that. That's one of my things. I I pray and I beg God that I don't get grouchy as I get old. I don't want to be that way because it doesn't honor God. I want to make sure that when my ch- I watch my kids start to take care of me and start to buy things at the restaurant, like I used to pay for dinner all the time. Now my kids are doing that because that role is starting to change. And I want to let them do that because it honors God. Not because I want to rip them off or take money from them, but it honors God to do that. It also means this when it says long life. Think about this for a second. In the idea of having a long life, if I live a disobedient Life toward God, a disrespectful life toward my parents, that path that I'm on will lead me in to a disrespectful and sinful life toward God. These habits, these things that we're creating that I'm talking about, these things are gonna make a lot of difference for you as you get older. And here's the other thing we got to remember too in scripture, it says that if you were disobedient to your parents as a kid in scripture, do you know what they would do to you? Do you know what the Levitical law said? They, disobedient parents, that's where you see, as this comes to mind, the prodigal son. Remember that story with the prodigal? I heard, I I read a teaching one time, and the prodigal son, when he came home, and his father had been watching for him, right? And we all know the story, what a beautiful picture it is, where the dad runs out, and he meets the son, doesn't he? And the son confesses and says, I've sinned against you and against God. But what's the first thing the father did? Bring the robe, the ring, and the sandals, right? Why is that? Why is it? And it's such, I, mean, I probably shared this with you before because to me it's such a beautiful picture because really in all reality, when that son came back, according to Levitical law, you know what they should have done with him? Stoned him to death. According to Levitical law, when you're, when you're disobedient to your... Young people, look at me. According to the Bible, the Levitical law, when you're disobedient to your parents, they would take you outside of town and stone you to death. That's how much God hates disobedience. Because he knows where it takes you to. So we got to make sure that we're being obedient to God in all that we're doing, right? So when you look at this and you see the father come out and he wraps his arms around his son, I see that picture of Christ doing that with us. That our Lord and Savior hung on the cross and took the wrath, took the stones that were meant for me. And you see that picture in the prodigal son. But that's one of the reasons the father comes out the way he does, I believe, is to protect his son. He's back in the family, you can't stone him. He's safe now. He's been received back into the family. He's not getting your wrath. We've been received in the family of Christ. We don't get wrath because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And they took that upon himself. The third point, or th- yeah, the third and the last point is this. Parents are to be helpful. I used to tell my kids all the time, I said, listen, I don't know why, but you're going to have to trust me on this one. I don't know why, but I don't want you to do this right now. Call me crazy, but I would get a check in my heart, whatever that is. But I used to tell my kids all the time, I'm going to be held accountable by God for what I did with you and how I handled you with Christ, how I handled you, raising you up in the things of the Lord. I really believe I was going to stand before God someday and he's going to go, Dan, what did you do with your children? On behalf of Jesus Christ, did you honor me by honoring them as you raised them? Because parents have to be helpful. It says in scripture, in that that Bible verse, fathers, and I would add mothers because Paul's talking to the fathers of those days. I really believe this leans into moms. This probably has drifted in a little bit and seeped into this idea of motherhood. Don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. Exasperating your children means raising them in frustration, And I think the biggest thing we see in parenting, the frustration is the inconsistency in how we parent. And that inconsistency in how we parent comes from the inconsistency in how I follow God. My kids know I love Jesus with all my heart. They know that the way I live my life is to honor God and I try my best to be obedient to God. So that way when they wonder, I wonder what dad would think. They don't have to wonder very long because they know exactly how dad thinks, because one thing I always tried to be was very consistent when it comes to parenting, but that consistency came out of my walk with Christ. As a parent, I'm going to frustrate my kids. I'm going to exasperate my kids if I'm up and down and all over the place. I used to tell parents all the time, and I think it's probably fifth or sixth grade now, but as far as parenting goes, junior high used to be the worst. I remember people would tell me, they'd have sixth graders and they'd be like, well, my little Susie or my little Johnny's never gonna be like that when they get to junior high. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever, just wait. And by the end of the first semester, those same parents are coming back and they're going, I don't know what happened to my kid. The school has stolen every lick of innocence they ever thought they might have, is gone. They're coming home and asking me questions about sex, and I'm like, is that okay if I talk about that in church? I hope so, because it's what we do in youth group, okay? They come home and they ask you stuff, and you're like, ah! Oh! <laughs> It's like, I don't want to talk about that. What do you, know? right? You don't want to do that. But we have to. Here's my encouragement to you. When your kids come to you as young children or young adults and they talk to you, here's the one thing I really believe if I got one thing right in parenting, this may have been it. My response to them was always consistent. I never freaked out. Does that make sense? And my kids will probably tell me, yeah, you did, dad, because I don't remember everything. So I probably blew that too but I always tried my best to be as consistent as I could when my children would come talk to me because I wanted them to talk to me. I wanted them to share their hearts with me. And, it, and, and if they had to reason out before they got to dad which dad they were going to get, and I know what that's like because that was my household, whatever dad I'm going to get, I don't know. So I'm manipulating the conversation before I ever get to the point where I'm going to talk to my parent. And eventually, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop manipulating because every time I come to my mom or, mom or dad, they're freaking out and I get a different mom and dad every time. Make sense? Be consistent. Where your kid comes to you, they, they got a, a burden that they're carrying, and they want to come visit with you about it. And if they don't know which mom or dad they're going to get, they're not going to come They're not going to come talk to you. They're going to stop talking to you, and they're just going to quit. And then you'll come into the pastor's office. My kid never talks to me. Well, there's a reason for that. And if you go back to your own Christian walk, not every time, but a lot of times, it's because of the ups and downs in your relationship with the Lord. And you see that with your kid, and your kid will quit coming to talk to you. Be as consistent as you can, and that will keep you from exasperating your children. Are you guys mad at me yet? I don't want you to be. I just believe these things. When you see the scripture, I believe it's that's it's a good pattern to get into. Uh Ephesians 4:29 says this. Provoking your child, provoking a child in a negative action every parent needs to avoid because here's what it says. In Ephesians 4:29, do not use foul or abusive language. Oh, my goodness. Do not use foul or abusive language. I'm not talking about always using cuss words. I'm talking about words that tear your kids down and don't build them up. We can discipline our children and keep our standards without tearing our kids to the ground. We need to learn how to be disciplinary, how to tell them the truth in love, but build them up. When you discipline them, you're always doing it to draw them near. God always disciplines us to draw us near, doesn't he? I don't care what age we are. God's always disciplining us because he loves us, but he's doing it to draw me near. And he goes on to say, let everything you say be in, be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. When you're in the store and you're in the grocery aisle, if you're a Christian and the way you're treating your kids doesn't look like any different than the world, other people are watching that. And you got to ask yourself, how does that honor God? Don't exasperate your kids by being consistent, but by not using foul and harmful language. That doesn't mean, oh, you did something wrong and I love you so much. Please don't know. No. That means you discipline your children, but you do it in a way that builds them up, that doesn't tear them down. When God disciplines us, does he ever tear you down? Think about it. He convicts you. He puts you in your place, but he never tears you down. He's always building you up, always bringing you near, is he not? So if he's my father and I'm his child, and I'm a father and I have children, don't I want to echo that same behavior? Don't I want to echo that same heart in raising up my kids? That's one of the important things that we need to do. If left to themselves, children will be be rebellious. So we have to discipline them. We have to raise them. We have to put them in their place once in a while. But the temperament in which we do it, I always wanted to use the same grace God used with me with my kids. And I give, kids, I give kids grace when they don't deserve it. Because otherwise, we'll raise kids up that did not know the things of the Lord, and they will do what's right in their own eyes. It's on us to teach the next generation what it looks like to follow God. And that's part of being disciplinary. But that's the consistency in our walk so we don't exasperate our children. And I'll close down with this. I'll kind of I'll wrap it up with this. The, the other scripture that I, I'd like to bring to mind this morning is Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. I think in our parenting, I often say this, and I never say it right, so hear my heart, okay? I think in parenting, if we could really tell our kids the truth when they're being brats and they're doing something wrong, think about this, parents, maybe I'm wrong in this, and if I am, that's okay, I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. Um, If we could look at our kids, we would genuinely say this, knock it off, you're making me look bad, wouldn't we? Your behavior is making me look bad as a parent, knock it off, and be good, I don't know if that's you guys, but when you see kids in the store kicking their feet or whining and complaining, you're like, stop it. You're making me look bad. People are looking at me. Knock it off. It's the same thing with when teenagers are being lying, deceiving, doing things they shouldn't do. You want to tell them, stop that. You're making me look bad. Pastor Dan and I were talking about this about a week ago, and he says, that's biblical, Dan. I said, how so? And he says, because we do everything for God's namesake, for his namesake. Um... Psalm 23, everybody pulls a lot out of that, but he does, he leads us into the green pastures. He does all this stuff for his name's sake. In other words, to honor him. So again, children, honor your parents and they won't exasperate you that way. But it says, do not be selfish. And in Philippians chapter two, verses three and four it says, do not be selfish. Do not try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. And do not look out for only your own interests but take the interest in others too. So it's the same thing in parenting. These scriptures fit into parenting. Don't be selfish, mom and dad. Children, don't be selfish all the time. Children, don't try to impress others by being a brat. Don't try to impress others by doing stuff at school you know you shouldn't do. Parents do the same thing. Don't do things that you think other people are impressed with. Be humble toward each other. Thinking of each other is better than yourselves. So children, if you will look at your mother and dad with reverence and honor and love and obey them, and parents will look back at their children, Moms wouldn't have to yell at you near as much at home during the day, and they would never have to tell you, you wait till your dad gets home, right? You, Your dad gets home, you're going to get it. That probably is not as much today as it used to be, but that's one of the things we need to do. But if we'll, leave these, if we'll live out these scriptures and don't look toward our own selfish interest, but look toward the interest of others, we will live a long, healthy life because of it. So parents are to be helpful. Are you helpful? Here's two things I want to give you real quick, and then I'm going to wrap it up and have Tanner come up and pray. Two, two brief things I would lean into. One is Hannah in 1 Samuel. We see her in chapter 1 and 2 right off the bat with Samuel. And Samuel is one of the greatest prophets in scripture. But I believe what Hannah did, and I don't have time to get into a lot of this this morning, but Hannah prayed that God would give her a child, begged God to give her a child. And when Hannah did this, she said, I'll dedicate the child back to you, Lord, when she went, if she was to be pregnant. And Hannah did that. When she became pregnant with Samuel, she dedicated Samuel back to the temple to work with Eli. Here's what we do with our children. We forget, oh, when they're born, Kaylee Hovey, Leland's daughter, just had her baby, I think, late, early this morning or yesterday. Just had her little boy, Brooks, I think is his name. Oh, you're so lovely, and I love you so much. And thank you, Lord, for blessing us with a child. And then all of a sudden we go, it's mine. It's my kid. Thank you, Lord, but he's mine, and I'm going to raise him the way I want to. We've got to get to a point in our life as parents where we lay our children back to the Lord. And parents with teenagers in this room, look at me, you've got to eventually get to where they're gods. Because if you try to control this conversation, if you try to control the way you raise your kids, you're getting in the way of God when they're teenagers, because it's time that we go back like Hannah did and take our kids because they're, they're driving us crazy and we don't know what to do with them. We got to go, Lord, they're yours. I don't know what to do. So I'm going to give them back to you and allow you to work in their hearts and allow you to do the things that you need to do to raise them up to be good young adults. And I'm going to step to the side and get out of the way. Make sense? And the other one is this, Abraham and Isaac. I love this picture, and I'll talk a little bit about this at the men's retreat, if God helps me hang on to this thought. I want to be this dad. I want to be the kind of dad that Isaac looked at Abraham as. Because Abraham, they f- figure was in his hundreds, hundred years old, right around there. Isaac would have been about 17 to 23 years old, a young, healthy young man. Abraham would have been an old guy. And they get to they get to the bottom of the mountain, and Abraham says to his servants, You guys wait here, we will return. And they start up the mountain. You guys know this story. Start up the mountain. Isaac looks at Abraham and he goes, okay, dad, we got the wood and we got the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, son, God will provide. And up the mountain they go. Scripture makes it very clear. Isaac, they laid the wood out. Isaac laid on the wood. They had the fire. And all of a sudden you see Abraham standing over his son, his, his son that was promised to him by God, standing over Isaac with a knife in his hand, getting ready to impale his son because God told him to. And when Abraham's standing over Isaac, and right before he does it, we know the story, God stopped him, provided a goat. But think about Isaac for a second. Think about the relationship that Isaac and Abraham had to have as a father and a son. I so desire to be this man. I want to be like Abraham. I want my kids to look at me and trust my relationship with God so much that they'll go to the extreme that Isaac did with Abraham. Because Isaac didn't have to do that. Think about a teenager today. They'd be like, dude, I'm not walking up the mountain and I'm not going to land that wood and you're not holding a knife over me. There's no way, dad. I'm not doing that. But Isaac had to, and I'm speculating a little bit here, but you see it in the story. Isaac had to so trust Abraham's relationship with God that he was willing to go to that extent for his dad. Does that make sense to you guys? I want to be that kind of dad. I want to live my life in such a manner, and I'd like you to be that kind of mom, to live your life in such a manner that your children don't understand, they don't get it, they might not like it, but they trust your relationship because the way you walk with Christ so much that they'd be willing to go to that extent to follow you, to obey you, and to honor and respect you. Make sense? Okay. Thank you for letting me put, thanks for putting up with me this morning. I think these are important parts that we need to remember. If we're willing to live out scripture, this will change everything. And especially in today's environment, we need to be parents that love God with all of our hearts and follow what he tells us to do. And that will echo down into our household. So Tanner, if you would come pray for us and close this, I would appreciate it.
1: Let's pray. Lord, my prayer this morning is that you would bring refreshing rain upon the souls of our mothers in this room. Whatever season they might find themselves in, whatever troubles they're facing, whatever uh, ways in which they're doing their all to be mothers to us, we pray that you would bring help, strength, and again, refreshing feelings, and just your presence with them as they do their best to do that, Lord. We know each parent in this room and each person in this room, our desire is to honor you, obey you, and bring you glory, Lord. And so through that way of parenting and of guiding young people and of guiding those around us, would you help us, Lord? These are important things to digest, and we are grateful this morning to hear from your word, what it is we're supposed to do, how it is we're supposed to act, what it is we're supposed to do for our parents and as parents, how we're supposed to be a parent and how we're also supposed to be a child, Lord. And so I pray that you would renew our sense of being a child. No matter what season we're in, again, let us remember that we are your children, that you are our good father, that you are the guider and the protector and the provider for each and every one of us. No matter what our family like was like here on earth, Lord, we have a Father who is good and who is consistent and who is always, always, always present with us, Lord. So we're grateful. We're thankful for all the gifts you've given us, for the guidance you've given us. I pray for each person in this room. I'm g- grateful, Lord, that you've brought them here today to hear from you and to worship you this morning, Lord. Pray that you'd go with us as we know you do, and we pray it all in Jesus' name.